Hello, hello, ITAP Online community, and shout out to all my ITAP Online family members out there. Welcome to another episode of the Lost in the Shuffle Tap Dance podcast brought to you by your online source for tap dance education, itaponline.com. My name is Hilary Marie. I am your host, and I'm here to support you with quick and easy access to new knowledge and fresh inspiration. And today... We're talking about something that a lot of people, you know, don't really talk about, but I think we got to talk about it. We are talking about the realities of quitting a teaching gig, why you might choose to quit a teaching gig and the best way to go about doing it. Now, I have quit plenty of teaching gigs over the years for many of the reasons that I'm going to share with you, but the way that you go about bowing out of a teacher gig is teacher gig, a teaching gig (laughs) is super important. And I'm going to give you some tips and tricks on that today. And then for fun, I'm going to share with you the one exception that I had for quitting a teaching gig where I broke all of the rules and threw all of my own personal recommendations out the window because, well, you know what, you guys, we've all got one of those stories, right? So let's talk about the three reasons that you might find yourself quitting a teaching gig. One could be availability. You know, it could be that you're moving out of town. It could be that you've got another opportunity that's going to be taking up your time or you're not able to give them the level of commitment that they are seeking, like showing up on a weekly basis or maybe the commute is just too much. It's more than you anticipated that it would be. Number two could be, you know, simply the business of show business. It could be a miscommunication. Maybe you thought the gig was something else. More hours, a different schedule, a different group of dancers. Who knows? You know, or it could be pay problems. Your dollars aren't straight. You're getting paid late or you were promised a raise and it wasn't provided to you. Now, a third reason that you might find yourself quitting a teaching gig would be artistic differences. Maybe you're not interested in providing the studio that hired you with what they're asking for, or you're unable to provide them with what they want. For example, maybe what they want is a baby's teacher and you're not a baby's teacher. That's not what you were signing up for. Another thing could be a difference in culture. Maybe you're a really strict teacher and the studio that you're taking a teaching gig at is more about sunshine and rainbows, right? So you guys are having a difference in culture. Maybe, you know, they're just not treating you with respect or maybe you're not satisfied and you want to work with higher level dancers or you want longer classes, but instead they're pushing you towards teaching 30 minute classes with seven year old beginners. Or it could be that you've given them everything that you've got. You've been teaching at the studio forever for years and now it's time for you to step away and offer that artistry to someone else. So regardless of the reasons for why you walk away from your teaching gig, I always recommend the following. Number one is that you stick it out until the end of the season if you can. Remember, it's all about the students. That's who we do this for. That's why we teach. And it really, truly messes with the quality of a student's education to lose their teacher mid-season. Now, if for some reason you cannot stick it out until the end of the season, I highly recommend that you provide a replacement. And if possible, 
Provide a replacement at all times. Even if you stuck it out until the end of the season, do the studio a solid and provide them with a replacement teacher. Now, of course, you know, if you're dealing with some disrespect, if you're dealing with pay problems and things like that, then, you know, you're probably not going to want to recommend one of your friends to go over there and take this gig, right? So if all is well in that category, then at all times, I truly do recommend that you provide a replacement. And last but not least, give advance notice. I am talking months, you guys, months in advance as a studio owner. To me, advance notice is many, many months. Four weeks is not advance notice. Four months, or sorry, four weeks of a teacher quitting is, yeah, that's that's your leaving a studio high and dry in the middle of the season. Really think about it. The season has already started. Everybody's already settled into their teaching gigs. It's not going to be easy for them to find a replacement. You're going to struggle to find a replacement. So always, always, always do what you can to give advance notice. Now, one of our teachers at Grooves, for example, left us last season because he wanted to go into a full-time tech program. So he wanted to learn more about coding and it was like a 40-hour a week training program. But guess what, you guys? He told us in March and our season ended in June. So he stayed with us until the end of the season. He told us in March, he stayed with us until June, and the next season didn't start until September. We had a full six months to find a new teacher, and we were so thankful for that. That advance notice that he gave us, it showed his compassion and his respect for our program and our students, and as a result, we would have him back any day. Our door is always always open to him, right? So one thing that we have to think about also as teachers is commitment really means something. And when you agree to be a part of a dancer's seasonal training, you should be there to carry them throughout the entire season, right? Of course, great opportunities present themselves. And sometimes you've got to bow out and take that opportunity because you owe it to yourself. But if you're constantly auditioning for cruise ship gigs, you shouldn't be the type of person who is saying yes to taking weekly teaching gigs at a studio that runs September to June with a recital in June. So for more information on that, check out episode 53, where I talk about, you know, what type of tap classes you should be teaching. So I dive deeper into that, helping you to find the best type of teaching gig for you, for your personality type, and for your calendar. Also, I want to remind you guys that reputation is real. This is a super small community. And if you're a flaky teacher that bows out in the middle of the season, people are going to hear about it. Now, there is always, always an exception to a rule. And I promised at the beginning of this episode that I would share with you one of the times that I quit a teaching gig in the middle of the season. I did not provide a replacement I did not give advance notice. This this one was bad, you guys. So, you know, we've all got a story like this. So here we go. Now, the story I'm about to share with you, I was a young teacher, right? I was a very young teacher and I took this teaching gig at a studio. And in retrospect, it was already off to a rocky start from day one. Communication with the studio owner was terrible. The schedule changed 10 different times. You know, I went from being promised five hours of classes for the night down to an hour and a half. And, you know, there were just red flags 
everywhere. So I kick off the season with the kids and a few weeks into the season, the owner walks into the room and sits down with this ginormous video camera and just starts filming class. So again, I was a younger teacher and I didn't have the confidence that I have now to stop a class and ask, you know, what's going on? Why do you have this camera in here? And guys, when I say ginormous camera, I'm talking about like this thing was a VHS camera, right? So you know, I addressed the video camera with her after class and, you know, just to see what's going on. Right. And, you know, she said that she documents the classes so that she can continue to review the material with the kids on other days during the week. This is what she does for all of her classes. So essentially she brings in teachers for each style of dance for one day of the week for like an hour, an hour and a half. And all the other days of the week, she runs and cleans the material, right? So for some reason, for some terrible reason, I accepted this response from her and I let it go. So the following week, she busts out the video camera again and one of the girls, we will call her Susie for story purposes, Susie was really struggling to pick up the material and I could tell that the pressure of the camera was making her really uncomfortable. You know, this kid had some like perfectionist type, you know, personality and This was at a time also when camera phones weren't a thing, right? Guys, this was a VHS video recorder. People weren't as accustomed to being on camera as they are now. Not that there should be cameras in the studio anyway, and you guys can check out episode eight titled So You Think You Can Film in Class, where I talk more about that. But anyway, my point is that the presence of this camera was really stressing Susie out, and Susie's stress was bleeding over to the other kids, and you know, So I asked the studio owner if she could turn the camera off for the time being. And for the sake of the kids, you know, I lied and I said, I wasn't ready for her to film this section yet because the choreography wasn't final. You know, I'm looking at her like in the mirror, eye to eye, educator to educator, like hint, hint. Do you see what's happening in the room? You know, like turn this thing off. So she completely blew me off and she kept the camera rolling. So I then stopped the class and I said to her, I don't think everyone in the classroom is comfortable with the camera at the moment and it's affecting the learning process. Please turn the camera off until later on. I would be happy to do a very thorough breakdown for you. And I kid you not, you guys, the studio owner flipped out. She started screaming at the kids, telling them that they should be used to this, that she's been filming their classes for years, and this is how she does things, this is how she raised them. And, you know, so class ends, and Susie is in tears. Susie is beside herself in absolute tears. And the studio owner is all of a sudden nowhere to be found. She ghosted right? So I tell the next class to start their warmups and that I'll be in there shortly. And I have a talk with Susie, who is a mess and her mother, you know, I explain the situation. I encourage Susie, I give her positive feedback, you know, I let her know that we'll figure this out next week. She has time to practice, don't get stressed. And I finish up the talk. And I go back to my last class of the night and I wrap it up. 
So at the end of the night, I go to the studio owner to collect my paycheck and the number was off. Usually I would get paid a flat rounded dollar amount, but this one was off, you know, it was like some dollars and some cents. So I asked the owner what was up with the paycheck and she looked me square in the eye and she said, well, you get paid X amount of money per hour. And if you divide that dollar amount by 60, that means you get paid X amount per minute. So if I multiply your hourly rate by the hour and a half that you taught tonight, and I subtract the eight minutes that you were talking outside, that's how I got that number. (laughs) And I said to her, what do you mean the eight minutes that I was outside talking? And she said, the eight minutes that you were outside talking to Susie. So for real, you guys, I kid you not, this woman docked my pay for dealing with Susie and her mother. So I told her this was ridiculous, that I wasn't outside taking a break, smoking a cigarette, I guess I don't even smoke, or eating a sandwich or something. You know, cell phones weren't a thing. So it's not like I, you know, you're not outside hanging out. And she looked at me and said, I don't pay you to talk. I pay you to shuffle. And that was just it. I was done. So again, I was a young teacher. It shouldn't even, you know, like the, all the signs were bad. You know, all of the situation was bad. I should have quit this gig way earlier before it even started. But this was it. This was the last straw. I was done. So I demanded the remainder of the money. And she said she would only give it to me if I went home and thought about what I did. And if I still felt that I was owed the money, that she would consider it. when I came back to work next week and you know it was like I was a child being sent to my room to like think about what I'd done and I couldn't believe it you know I'm telling her I'm quitting and she just couldn't wrap her head around it she was like no 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 you'll be back next week and we'll we'll discuss this then and you let me know when you've thought long and hard about what you've done so you guys I just kissed the money goodbye I drove home I wrote my email of resignation. I sent it to her with just absolute disgust. And then I kid you not, this woman had the audacity to write me back and ask if I could provide a replacement teacher. What? And then she emailed me for years following, asking me for recommendations. Crazy. Bananas, you guys. So that is my story of when I threw you know, all of my principles essentially out the window of everything that I just talked about in, you know, giving advance notice and providing replacement teachers and things like that. So, you know, this brings me to a final thought, you guys, when it comes to quitting a teaching gig is that is do what you can to make sure that you don't end up in this position in the first place. Make sure you have a contract that's clear. Make sure you do your research before taking the gig and make sure that your goals and your teaching style align with the goals and the culture of the studio. Don't make commitments that you can't uphold. You know, studios often hire teachers under two circumstances. One is based on their email or their resume and the other is based on a trial class, right? So it's often about the teacher being interviewed for the position. But as a teacher, 
make sure you take the time to interview the studio as well. Whenever we're looking to hire a new teacher at Grooves, that interview is a two-way street, right? I ask them what their goals and principles are, and then I tell them about ours, and we have a chance to see if they're aligned. I always ask at the end, do you have any questions for us? And I love, love when a teacher takes that opportunity to dive deeper, asking, you know, hey, what are your thoughts on discipline in the studio? What type of etiquette is expected of the students? Are there opportunities for growth? You know, and if so, what does that look like? You know, do we have confirmed registration for the classes that are being offered to them? I love when teachers ask these questions. So moving forward, as you guys take on teaching gigs, I recommend that you write a one-time list of questions. Just write it once. And as you move forward in searching for teacher teaching gigs in the future, Use that list and interview the studio so that you can prevent ever being in the position where you even have to quit the teaching gig in the first place. So that is it for today, you guys. I would love to hear from you. I would love to hear... You know, what crazy stories do you guys have? You know, what what type of wild stories do you have on when you had to just quit a teaching gig? Like just, you know, was it as crazy as having to quit in the middle of a class? You know, what, what type of circumstances even led you to that? Or maybe you've quit teaching gigs in the past and after listening to this episode, you're thinking to yourself, you know, there are a couple things you could have done to prevent even needing to t- uh, quit that gig in the first place or that you really should have provided a replacement teacher. Whatever's on your mind, I want to hear about it. So go ahead to the ITOP Online Community Facebook group and share there. I always write you back. You can get there by going to itoponlinecommunity.com or searching ITOP Online Community in your Facebook app or on your desktop while you're logged into Facebook. So head on over there to check it out. And I will look forward to talking to you there. And also, if you haven't yet, go ahead and check out the ITAP Online Family Membership. Shout out to all my ITAP Online family members right now. You know, for those of you who are listening, shout out to you iTop Online family members have full-time access to the iTop Online video library, which is host to over 100 breakdown videos on tap dance technique, improvisation exercises, musicality breakdowns, teaching tips, games, and so much more. And new to the iTop Online family membership, I am doing live sessions. So twice a month, iTop Online family members are invited for a live chat session with me face-to-face where we have the opportunity to talk all things tap dance. So I truly, truly want to support you in your tap dance journey. This is what iTap Online is all about. And the iTap Online community, it gives me an opportunity to talk with you here and there. But iTap Online family members have direct access to me. They can email me at any time with questions. I will always write them back. I will always give them recommendations on videos that they could check out in the video library to solve any challenges that they're facing. And now, twice a month, we are talking face-to-face live. So if that sounds like something you're into, go ahead and head to itoponline.com, click on membership and check it out. All right, you guys, I wish you all the best in everything that you do. I hope that we have the chance to share shuffles soon, and I will catch you around soon. Mm-hmm.